Hello, welcome to Psychopath in Your Life. This is episode number 147, and I'm your host, Diane Emerson. Hey, today we're going to be talking about the Freemasons. And when I first started circling around this rabbit hole a long time ago, um, it got explained to me in so many confusing ways that it took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around it. So what I'd like to do today is to present hopefully a little bit clearer picture because um, we need to understand what the structure is, but not in some sort of scary kind of weirdo way. Um, but before I get started, a couple things. I love to read new things that I find interesting. And there's this person, this friend of mine, this good friend of mine referred me to that has a couple of articles that I think you might find fascinating too. Um, I'll put the links at the, I'll pin them to the top of the comments. And there's two different things of his I'm going to post. And one is about Princess Diana. Yes, the Princess Diana that supposedly died in that Masonic tunnel. Um, yeah, that tunnel that she allegedly died in had all kinds of Masonic things. I think there was like a statue at the end of the Kent Tunnel. They hit the specific pole. I mean, that thing was full of coating. But you have to believe that she really died <laughs> to believe that one. So, yeah, it was a psyop. So, um, he's presented a really good case. And if you could take a look at that. And here's how we start a conversation around here. Rather than just saying that, well, that guy's a liar, why don't you show me why he's lying? I mean, he shows some, I didn't find anything wrong with it, okay? Everything to the, the photographing they did and how they really weren't there and all that. So take a look for yourself. And if you find something that you find questionable, then post it in the comments. But I found it extremely credible. So, no, I don't believe that she's dead. I think that it was a big psyops. And why don't you take a look and read at it, and then we'll chat about it later because we can talk about what was the symbolism for that happening. But read it first, and you'll understand because we need to understand that along with these Freemasons, they have the whole structure, okay, of the law enforcement, all of this. So along that structure... Um, there are different rules of how things get taken care of. So a lot of these people we're looking at are really just kind of like bit players in this deal, okay? Somebody is directing this whole thing. So just look at the Diana thing. And then also he wrote a fascinating piece about Bill Gates. They do tend to kind of create these people. Remember I was talking before about the interesting stories about everybody in Silicon Valley starts in a garage, okay? <laughs> so when these people start to tell you their backstory, just, just listen to them during interviews. They come up with the craziest stories, like Obama with his, da his dad being a goat herder. I mean, come on. you know, <laughs> they, They're doing this to taunt us, okay? So I'll post those and you can take a look at them. So let's talk about the Masons. And first let's understand... Um, because I started thinking, um, I was thinking about the color blue. And that's so random, I know, because you think, well, what does blue have to do with it? Well, I started thinking about the structure of things. And for some reason, I started thinking about the color blue. Well, what made me think about that? I don't know. I was thinking about when I worked in Silicon Valley, a lot of people, their logos were the color blue. I know, it's weird. So, um, I mean, they were so specific about this color blue. I remember going to meetings because, remember, I worked in marketing. So, companies are very specific about their logos. Like, for example, if I was going to work on a job that they hired me to do, and it required, let's say, I was going to do some literature, a brochure. Now, how I positioned their logo in that brochure is a critical part of the whole deal. 
any major corporation would give me a sheet of their logos with the appropriate sizes, how the colors work and all that. Now you absolutely never deviate from that, okay? They don't hand you their logo to put on their brochure for me to redesign it. And they are very picky about this stuff. Why are they so picky? Well, because it has to do with their patents and all this other kinds of stuff, their copyrights and all that. Like for example, I did consulting work for a number of years for Xerox. And Xerox was one of the leading people in the copying machine business back in the day. And so what they would do is if your name gets overused, then you can lose some of your trademark protections. So if you were in a meeting, let's say, with the folks from Xerox, the higher level folks, and let's say I would say in the meeting, I'd say, I will have my assistant make a Xerox of this, right? Because that's what we used to say. Somebody would always correct me. Well, they didn't have to do it too often because I caught on, but, <laughs> but somebody would correct you and say, please use copy instead of Xerox. Now, why were they saying that? Well, because they were protecting the name Xerox. So if everybody started using Xerox, it became common usage. So they lost the right to that name. So that's why they managed their logos and their names pretty carefully. So I started thinking, I thought, you know, it was really weird all those years because everybody always had this same color blue logo. I mean, everybody had a blue logo. And so as a matter of fact, I'll be posting a couple of links down below just to take a look for yourself, who all these people are with these colored logos. So then I started thinking, well, where do the colors come from? Well, it all comes from the structure. So let's reel ourselves back here a little bit in time and talk about the Masons. And they really, they were, they come, the name Masons comes from the Sons of Maya, M-A-I-A. And if any of this is not correct or you like it better some other way, that's what the comment section is for. A chat, not a lecture, right? No refunds on those ticket prices. <laughs> so Maya was the Greek goddess of the harvest who had a son named Hermes. I guess like that silk Hermes scarf that people <laughs> used to. Anyway, so Hermes is the idol that Masons pray before and why they call themselves the Illuminated Ones. The history of the Masons and their Luciferian philosophies, these people are behind the vast majority of suffering that is going on in the world today. Does one symbol after another that has either a pyramid or a pentagram on it? If you look around, they're big on that pyramid. When you, that's where you get the threes from, right? Okay. These things are all demonic and are meant to give an homage to Lucifer. And that is their um, person, that Bahomet, B-A-H-O-M-E-T person. I'll put a link so you can take a look at. That's the person these Luciferians worship that has, just look for the goat head. It has the goat head. That's where the goats come in. Oh, speaking of goats, I'll give you a little goat tidbit here. Um, the Saudis, as of 2008, now have goat pageants. <laughs> goat pageants. Um, they import millions of goats from... I can't remember somewhere and they have goat pageants for the best looking goat okay so you go figure with this goat stuff so let me get back to the serious stuff here well the goat pageants are kind of serious but it kind of makes you kind of wonder why goat pageants but another topic another day so what happens is is that they have that dude there the goat head guy and these icons are to serve to fracture humanity and to make us serve nefarious souls even as most of us are blind to the true meaning behind these endless symbols that adorn our flags, our money, and our clothing. Um, remember last week I was talking, or 
whenever about the kids mimicking that um, devil horn sign. People were saying, well, yeah, but everybody's doing it. Well, this is, they're trying to get everybody to do it to start to normalize this stuff. So the lies of Satan are many, and he works through division, diversion, excuse me, and duplicity. See, we see all that going on here. As do those who bow before him. We could really replace Satan with psychopaths, okay? But I'll just use that because it's a little shorter word. But it really doesn't matter if you believe in Satan, not as long as those worship him do and spread his gospel. They, they're spreading this gospel of hate around the world, and that's where all this me stuff comes into, okay? Don't worry about anybody else. Only worry about you. After all, what does it matter whether or not I believe that shackles exist if I'm still handcuffed by them the same as everybody else? So whether you believe it or not, the cuffs are on you too, okay? So the most powerful weapon these Illuminati thinkers have is their ability to pay very close attention to this, monopolize and manipulate information. Hello, Hollywood and the media and the music world and the comedians. The way to kill truth is to flood the world with a million conspiracy theories so that people can't figure out what the truth is apart from the lies. The Illuminati are real, and their agenda is called the New World Order. You'll also see NWO. So, evidently, this plan was drawn up more than 140 years ago. And see, remember, we're circling around the 75-year mark. Anyway, so, it was a former Confederate officer, allegedly, named Albert Pike, in Washington, D.C., by the way. And the plan called for a slowly tightening noose to be placed upon the world where one nation after another is conquered and humanity enslaved in the process. Hmm. Have you looked around lately? <laughs> Sounds kind of like a little bit of reality here to me. But I'll let you decide. So over these 140 years, including endless wars, gee, I guess 17, well, we have been in endless wars our entire lives, okay? But the last 17 has been uh, much higher level of these wars. So anyway, endless wars, planned economic collapses, this is what they get through all this debt bondage stuff in all these countries. Thank you, Rockefellers, or whatever your name is, Rothschild. The de destabilization throughout the world, and these dark forces, they really have co-opted the earth, okay? So, how do we know what these people are about? How do we start to learn some of their symbols? I've been talking a little bit about the numbers, you know, the six and all that stuff. So, let's talk a little bit about some of the colors. That's where I first came in on this, okay? So, the assigning of symbolic meanings to colors is probably as old as symbolism itself. These people are all about the symbols and the colors. And that's where the color blue got me. To cite but one example of the practices of ancient people, the Egyptians, whose ancient masters of symbolism, to whom the investigator of the symbols used in masonry first looks for explanations, made use of colors in their hieroglyphic um, hieroglyphics to be to convey certain definite ideas, each color being expressive of certain concept conceptions. Hieroglyphics of the spirits of the dead were characterized by white. Men were marked out by having their flesh red, while the flesh of the women was yellow. Sapphire was the color of the Egyptian god Ammon, A-M-O-N. Green was the color used for the flesh of the god Pita, P-T-A-H, founder of the world. The active creative spirit. Now remember, these are people um, from their viewpoint, okay? 
they're saying these people created the world, but that's not really true. But this is this is this is their version of creation. Okay, they also believe that we came from apes and stuff too, because that diminishes what God did. So they they have this ape theory and all this other stuff. So the colors symbolize significant in masonry are the most significant colors are purple. You know, so those um, priests run around with purple robes on, red, white, black green, yellow, violet, and blue. You're going to say, well, hey, that's all the colors, okay? But each color has its purpose, the teaching the Masons to a valuable moral lesson or the calling of the attention to some historical facts. Masonically, certain of the colors certain serve both purposes. So they use the symbols and the colors. Everything is dual. Remember, we're talking about symbols and colors. Everything always ends up being dual. The reason they use purple is because it's a mixture of blue and red. So it's a symbol of the fraternal union because it's composed of the color adopted by the Master Mason's Lodge and that adopted for the chapter of Royal Arch Companions. You see all these dudes and people running around in the purple robes. For this reason, purple is adopted. Purple used to be the color of little old ladies. They all wore purple, gray hair and purple colors. but. I guess we got the purple idea from these creeps, but so the reason purple is adopted is because the color for the mark, the past, and the most excellent master degree. So purple is a big deal. To symbolize the fact that those degrees connect the master mason's degree with the royal arch. So I think what it means, and somebody's got to clear this up, is that people wearing purple like these um, um, church guys and the purple things and stuff they're a special um, degree of masons because they have that purple on okay red is the color of fire and fire was to the egyptians the symbol of the regeneration and the purification of souls in the masonic system red is the symbol of regeneration thus red is the color assigned to the royal arch degree since the degree teaches the regeneration of life now red you'd also notice they use a red carpet at Hollywood events. Remember the famous red shoes. Also, you might want to do a search for the Podesta Brothers artwork, and you'll see a lot of children in red shoes. The last pope wore red shoes. Red's a pretty big color to these people. It means blood. Violet is a symbol of mourning. So let's get to blue here. Blue is the supreme color of masonry. Supreme color, okay. I would have thought, you know, we would have guessed maybe purple. Purple looked more supreme or regal to me. <clears throat> but hey, I've never been a Mason. Newsflash. Blue is a supreme color. <clears throat> First, because it is that color which, among all those used in Masonry, is the unquestioned Masonic possession of every Mason. Second, blue is the supreme color because it has, coupled with its universality, a place in symbolism which both as regards importance of lessons taught and as regards legitimacy as a symbol is second to that of no Masonic color. So blue is pretty important. You know, they use blue and pink for girls and boys for a long time. And interestingly thing, I sold on eBay the first couple of years to support this work. And one of the pictures I picked up at auction was a um, child in a um, blue gown. And at first I thought it was a boy. But then I found out that um, back in the 1800s, the boys wore pink and the girls wore blue. And that only changed, I, I'm going from memory here, like an early 1900s, because up until that point, 
pink was the boy's color and blue was the girl's color. My, 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 see? So let's get back to blue here. So it's blue is their top dog color. So it's the use of blue in religious ceremonials and as a symbol comes to masonry from many of the different peoples of antiquity. Among the Hebrews, various articles of the high priest's clothing were blue. One of the veils of the tabernacle was blue. In his initiation into the Dru Dru <laughs> this is a big one. Druidical mysteries, the candidate was invested with a robe, one of whose colors was blue. The Babylonians clothed their idols in blue. The Hindu god, Vishwa, was represented as blue. And among the medieval Christ Christians, blue was considered a particularly important color. Little did you know about blue. And um, blue was also the symbol of perfection to the Hebrews, to the Druids, the symbol of truth, to the Chinese, the symbol of deity, and to the medieval Christians, it was a symbol of immortality. So for the Masons, the color of his master's Mason logo is a symbol of perfection, truth, immortality, and deity. So that's according to them. Now remember, they are the on the side of Satan. So all this stuff is, I guess, anti, anti God stuff because they're on the side of Satan. So I'm going to post some links for these blue logos and just take a look and just see how many logos are blue. It's kind of interesting. Some of you may think, well, you're kind of crazy because blue is a common color. Well, then ask yourself, why is blue a common color? <laughs> I mean, how did we get to blue jeans? <laughs> I mean, how did we get to blue? Well, we got to blue because we've been terribly programmed our entire lives. So time that we kind of peek away from those computers a little bit, folks. Uh, I got a lot of stuff going on here. So I'll be checking in with you soon. Look for the show to show up in a few days. Remember, everything is on all the audio platform. Anything happens, you can find all the shows at the website. Same name as the show here, Psychopath in Your Life. Which, by the way, we probably should change that title to psychopaths and all of our lives run anyway enough of that so be safe out there and i'll chat with you next week goodbye for now